Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, we're continuing our Chubo's Marvelous Wish-Granting Engine adventure. As a reminder, folks who support the One Shot Network Patreon at $5 a month or more are way ahead on this series. And this series will continue well after it wraps up here on the main feed over on Patreon. So if you like Chubo, Seji, and all of these characters, you can keep listening. Just head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast. And now, let's get to the show. No murders. I am not a murderer. I don't do murders. Okay, thank goodness. That doesn't make any sense, though. I, in my head, the the wheel, someone has spun the roulette wheel of anxiety, and I'm thinking, wow, that sounds exactly like what a murderer would say, though. <laughs> I was a murderer, and someone accused me point blank of murder. I would just immediately deny it. Do you Is say it, any of that or just think it? I think it really hard and my eye I am looking at you very stricken uh, and I think well, to Don't myself, look at me like that. I'm not a murderer. I can just tell the future, okay? That makes so much more sense. Okay. Right? Exactly. Why I should have been friends with a murderer. Oh. I should have specified that in the letter. You got a letter? Yes. Uh-huh. I mailed him. A beautiful guy. I wanted him to come ahead of time because I foresaw that there was going to be an accident and that you were somehow involved. I don't know how, but oh man, I've got to hand it to you. The way that you guys showed up perfectly in sync, it means that I am growing stronger and that my parents finally have to respect me at this. I'm sorry. This is the best cry I've done yet. Accident? Future accident. You can tell the future and you saw an accident in our future. Is this something Uh that we should be equally unconcerned about? Or is it cool to get a little spun up about this now? Because I am. Well, don't get spun up. That'll just make it more likely to happen. Seji, I'm not concerned about it. Also, you would never deny being a murderer. Uh, I'm gonna go see if I can help the bereaved. And I stiffly start walking towards the people standing around the body. Near the edge of the pond i think a priestess is having a squabble with a man who looks to be about 50 years old in casual wear and the subject of the argument seems to be about what to do with this and i think the priestess is going No, no, no. You don't understand. We need to have the body inspected first. We need to know the cause of death. You can't just have it towed away now. We don't know whether anything's seeped into the pools, whether the purity of them have been lost. You don't understand what sort of ramifications this could have. And the man is going, She's my mother. I need to take her back before any more time passes. Our family has a very specific ritual about this. You cannot interfere. Hello. And they both turn to you like, what? I'm from the Schwann funeral home. 
I got a call. They both look at you, like, at first in, like, disbelief because you're 15, and then a little apologetically saying, oh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry. I didn't know. And I'm his best friend. Chubo, have you just appeared yes. over my shoulder? I think part of me is like, well, at least I'm wearing my nice clothes, and then I remember how wrinkled they are, and I say, should I, is now a good time? I'm very sorry for your loss. Even though this is not my, by a mile, this is not my first first call. Uh, I've done dozens of calls like these. Nonetheless, the tension is palpable, and I have never picked up someone who died at a shrine before, and there is a feeling here at the Kichi Shrine, like there is a reputation that the shrine has for being able to see things about your life that my my first instinct is to say that you should not be able to see, right? I know that a lot of people come here to try to get their fortunes told, especially when it comes to business or love or, or health even. And there is a part of me that is worried that maybe the people here can tell things about me the way that Leonardo could tell things about me. But I try to brush it aside. And instead I say, if this is a bad time, I can wait. But we, in this heat, we really shouldn't delay this any longer than we have to. The priestess looks worried saying, I, I would normally check with my own parents, the shrine owners about this, the head priest, uh, he'll skin me alive if he knows I let something like this go. Oh, goodness, I, I hope not. She's clearly very anxious about the whole situation, and the man is going, oh, I knew someone would finally see reason. Please take her with you. We'll be in tow and be in touch with you. I knew that you were the right people to call. Wait, I mean... I'm not authorized to take someone who's died if it's potentially part of a crime scene until someone's had a chance to assess cause of death and collect evidence. Is that what we're dealing with right now? Because that's never happened and I'd have to call my mom. You have a phone, right? A landline? Uh, the priestess nods, but both of them like are uncomfortably shuffling around. And the priestess eventually says... No, nothing like that. There's just... There's never been a drowning on our property. Oh. Oh. Well, that's really too bad. Uh, Were you here for it? I think my tone shifts a little as I say, did you witness it? Um, they both, uh, shake their heads, and the priestess said, She came here alone. The constable said that by all signs, she slipped off the edge and fell in the water, and, you know, she was nearly 92 years old. She might have cramped up in the cold and been unable to swim to shore. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's really... That's very tragic. Uh, It does sound like if you had a constable over, they've probably already done an assessment and called a coroner. So if you're ready, I can take her now. The priestess still looks hesitant, just saying to herself, we'll have to cordon the whole area off. 
I don't know if this pool will be usable. I don't know if any of them will be usable for the foreseeable future. What are we going to do? And I think the she eventually like loosens up just the smallest bit and says, All right, all right, it's wrong to keep the body like this any longer. Just take it and we'll figure out what well, to do what, from there. What what could I mean, getting the body out of the pools would probably make them safer, right? I, I mean, Seji, I don't know that much about dead stuff, but... It's already out. It's by the side now. It's yeah, there's a worrying... There's a sheet on it, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I... Ma'am, I mean, it, it seems like like all, all, all you needed to take care of is already taken care of. She looks down for a moment and says, but if... If any, if her soul is trapped there and there's any chance of resuscitation, then no, no, it's ridiculous. Wait, uh, please. Wait, I thought she was dead. She is, says the man, and rather firmly, like, I think, like, says to you, Seji, please. This is usually around the time during first call where if someone's ghost is around, they have found me and are making their complaints known. Mm-hmm. I And they haven't. Yeah. And every time I've done a first call, there has been a ghost. This is the first time that there hasn't been a ghost. And it's just hitting me now. Victor, can I make a request? What's can that? I have known this person? Sure. This is Iris Antonova. She was an older woman who had been retired from her job down by the docks for several years now. She had helped to clean and sell the catch that the fishermen had brought in, but nowadays she liked to sit on the bench in the park near your house for long hours and feed all of the crows that congregate there. And she would also like to sit for long hours by the ocean. She was like suffering from like some light stage of dementia. So I don't think that she like always recognized you per se, but she was always happy to have your company and for you to sit next to her, especially because she was often lonely in her older years. Yeah. Yeah. No, she and I got along famously, I think. Um, uh, and it, she would tell a lot of the same stories, but I don't think that ever once bothered Chubo. He, he was down to hear the same stories over and over from, from this person. Chubo strikes me as someone who is really good with the elderly. Yeah. Chubo, like, um, goes like, you know, kind of starts putting things together a, a little bit and does go, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, sir, ma'am, I just need to speak with my associate uh, really quick here. Uh, thank you. Um, and is going to pull Seji aside. Seji, you gotta, you gotta tell me where this ghost is or, or help me talk to this ghost. I'm your associate? I think Rinley has inserted themselves beside you three, you two, and made this a trio. Oh, hi, Rinley. 
Hi. I think I say, ah. Hi, your name's Rinley? My name is Rinley Kichi. Okay, cool. This is your family shrine, right? I saw the sign this coming is, in. This is my family shrine. And my sister's gonna get into real trouble if you don't. Okay, don't well, can... Uh, I'm... My mind is worrying. I'm like, where do you find a ghost? Where do you find a ghost if it doesn't find you? Ghosts always find me. I've never had to do this before. This is so... Think think about ghost stories. Where do you go? And I ask Renly, can you show me where she died? Um, They nod and they take you over to the edge of the pool that the body is beside. I think that this one in particular is about 12 feet wide and mirrored in such a way that you cannot see the bottom. And I think that beside like the silvery sheen of the other pools, this one has gone a bit strange and murky. Right here. Like, the surface of it is choppy, despite there being no wind, and the coloration has become darkened. Oh, fascinating. Can I... Can I narrate a story beat with that? Yeah. I think when I approach the pool, I definitely notice the quality of the surface of the water. And I think out loud to myself, I say, that's really weird. At the start of the sound of my voice, the water goes calm. It stays just as dark but it's like the surface of a mirror and I can see my reflection very clearly in it. And for a second next to me, I can see Rinley and Chubo's reflections, but then they melt away until it's just me and the foliage behind me melts away. The birds that were flying overhead melt away. Even the pattern of the clouds in the sky and the sky itself melts away. And it looks like in the surface of that pond, I'm standing alone in the dark. And this is the thing about the dreams that I've been having lately when I was talking to Chubo about how, you know, it's like you live an entire lifetime in your dream and then you wake up and it's just been another night of sleep. Every dream I've had for a little while now, I don't know exactly how long, it has been me living out a life, a life that is not my life, but a life and I always look like me and it's always me by my name um but in every single one of these lives it's from the very beginning to this point in time which means the impact of those lives affects my face the way that I express myself the baseline expression whether at rest I look content or I'm frowning or I'm angry or there's something under the surface or there's even a cast to me that looks a little dangerous and all of those different faces that I've worn in my dreams starts to play over the reflection of my face in the pond and it's speeding up faster and faster and faster until it's completely blurred and then it's blank like all those lives are playing over my reflections so quickly that it's like none of them ever happened at all. And I think that's at that moment where you're at the very edge of the pond and it caves under your feet. 
and it is just the right moment, I think. Chivo, could you give me an intention to catch them? Of course. Um, hey, now is a great time because we've had intentions before, but now is a great time to break down how they work. Yeah. Every character has skills in specific areas that can be added to the willpower of an intention. Will can be spent in amounts of zero, one, two, four, or eight. Factors of two, basically, up to the maximum. And the stronger the amount of willpower and um, the impact of the skill behind an action, the greater the effect will be basically. So you always get to decide whether you fail or succeed at any given action, so long as you are willing to sacrifice the necessary amount. And, you know, sometimes there are obstacles in the way. I think that this is an obstacle of two to prevent Seji from being pulled under the surface of the water by Something. Okay, and and to be clear, I'm using my skills and not my perks. So like connection to Seji wouldn't count. Um Connection to Seji counts as a skill. You can use okay, it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a overall I've got a 4 without spending any willpower um because I feel like catching somebody and preventing them uh from falling is just part of kindness generally. It's being aware of other people and whether or not they fall. Oh, you can only use the connection or kindness, one or the other. Okay. Mm. Then it's connection to Seji. Like like no question. Yeah. Um and you just sense when they're about to fall. How much will do you spend to make this happen? Um I mean, this doesn't seem to be like a big threat um but if i'm noticing uh that that seshi is having an issue i'm gonna i'm gonna give two will to this as well so two will in connection to seshi um minus that two obstacle that is a figure of two you complete your action successfully at the basis level and i think you're able to sort of pull them up but not before seeing the water kind of lap at their heels a little bit as they are nearly in. Like, their nice pants are now, like, soaked up to the ankles and now, like, it's climbing a bit further. And you have a lot more resistance to pulling them out than you thought. Seji oh. is not a heavy person by any metric. It felt like something was sucking them down the moment that they touched the water. And Rinley, like, yelps a little bit. And then goes, there, there, I saw it. I knew it was going to happen. I think when, Chubo, you catch and pull me out, I gasp as though I have gone under the surface, even though I have it. And I I clamber back, catching my breath. <gasps> Chubo will put like a hand on, on your cheek and like meet his eyes to yours. And he's really searching you with this gaze like trying to figure out um trying to figure out not what was after you because like that's clearly something to do with the water but how you've been affected by this yeah victor is that something i should play out or is there something that you have in store to that to that end 
I think you could play out like how Seji is feeling afterwards, whether they're still panicked or not. I am absolutely panicked. In, in fact, I think I am, in fact, frantic. Uh, I don't know if I'm taking that miracle right now. I'm just sort of putting that on our radar. Um, until okay, it that fades. is your XP action for this. Yeah, game. yeah. Um, and I think, um, well, no, because my XP action was working towards a major goal with the jarring experience with the reflection, right? Oh yeah, sure. So you cannot take a be in trouble this. Got it, got um, it, got it. Okay. Already, if you've already taken your fair enough. Action. Yeah, thank so, you. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to confirm. Uh, so I'm just scared to know a mechanical end, <laughs> and I think uh, I'm still my breath is still hitching, and I'm still trying to to catch it. Seshi, Seshi, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I didn't fall in. I I'm good. Well, I know you didn't fall in, but you don't seem good i I think in that moment seji you relive the moment of your creation chibo what did you say verbatim to the wish granting engine two summers ago okay okay i've i've been giving this a lot of thought Is it too much of a cop-out if Chubo didn't say anything? Or does he need, do we need a a sentence? It's okay if he didn't say anything. The rules, especially when it was a bit newer, were a little futzier. But you held a desire in your heart and you let the wish-granting engine go a little crazy with it. Um, What was it like to for the first time, Seshi. It was so good. It was intoxicating. I never want to stop. Actually, I think I do know what he said. Um, I think he said... Please let me find whatever I am missing. So you said. So you received. And the first time it was revealed onto you what you really were, Seji? How did that turn? breath sour in your mouth that thought I had that I never want to stop I think shortly after my first breath that was my first thought it felt so good to breathe to be able to breathe and when Chubo showed me the wish granting engine and told me, however it was that he told me, that I was a product of his whim and that machine, I flashed back to that moment of inception. And I thought, but I will stop. I'll stop breathing when he wants me to stop breathing. 
And this feeling, what it feels like to breathe, to exist, it is a borrowed feeling. And it's never been the same since then. Heroes, the OneShot Network has a few convention events coming up. Jeff and John from System Mastery and I are going to be at San Diego Comic Con. We'll be running our RPG game show panel on Thursday, July 20th at 12 p.m. at the Neil Morgan Auditorium in the San Diego Central Library. Then on Sunday, July 23rd from 12 to 1, we'll be in the Let's Hit a Critical panel. And we should be doing a signing after that. We're really excited to see you there. One Shot is also going to be at Gen Con this year, and we have plenty of exciting panels, including System Mastery Live Friday at 4, an evening of Illimat with folks from One Shot Friday at 10 p.m., and the Skyjacks Live Show Saturday at 7. These events can and do sell out, so book your tickets now. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This series especially would not be possible without your support. And folks who support us at the $5 level or more are getting way more of this series, as well as a new episode of Star Wall this week. So if you like what you hear, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to support us. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. I'll stop breathing when he wants me to stop breathing. And this feeling, what it feels like to breathe, to exist, it is a borrowed feeling. And it's never been the same since then. I think Rinley does something. You're not sure what. But when they put a hand close to your chest, Seshi. It's like the flashback ends very suddenly, and when you snap back to attention of the present world, you could see that they have a scrunched up, concentrated look on their face. But Rinley is there, looking very concerned over both of you, and saying, Um, gee, I'm sorry for wrangling you both into this. It's just, I knew Seshi was going to get hurt somehow. I I saw it, and I knew that if you were here, it wouldn't happen. I didn't know how or why, but you did the now right I thing, do. Really. I'm not hurt. It's it's all... I'm fine. Uh, I just... I must have... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the heat. I'm I'm getting up at this point and saying I, I still need to collect uh, the deceased... Oh, yeah, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, obviously. It's just, um, this is gonna sound totally nuts, but can I hang out with you guys sometime? Like, really, of course. Yeah, if Chubo says so, then sure, yeah. Why not? My affect is a little different. Yeah, I think Rinley definitely, like, immediately picks up on that. 
and sort of like backs off a little bit and says, "Okay, if there's anything you need, just say no, so, but- no, it's cool, Rinley. Like we can hang out. That's fine. Uh, I I'm just distracted. I have to. I yeah, go do your thing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Chu, but you can you can hang out here if you want." Uh, I'll be right back. And I um, go back to where I left my first call kit uh, and the like little portable gurney. And I pick both of them up and I take them over to to the deceased. Rinley slumps a little bit next to you, Chupo, and says, You guys are both really impressive. I don't know, but... Something bad has been happening to people here lately. And I want to know why. So do I. Rinley, I I can't thank you enough. You don't got to thank me. I just don't want to see anyone else get got. No, Rinley, I really do. They look kind of sheepish and say, Gosh, feel that way, you can... Repay me with a meal or something later. Let's, uh, let Sejri do their thing, and I'll be in touch, okay? (sighs) Rinley, it feels like there's something more going on. There is. Well, then... (sighs) Look, Iris had something to tell me. I know that she can, but I need Sejri's help. And I can't get Seji's help if she's not here. They nod again. I think within your view, you can see that I've maneuvered Iris's body onto the gurney, and I'm cranking the lever to to wheel it up to the to the point where it'll be easy to slide it into the hearse. Um, and she's already in the the body envelope. Um, I think maybe the priestess is talking to me, but not. You can't make out what she's saying. Rinley, I don't know a lot about what's going on, but I feel like if I did something kind of dumb, I could. What's your theory? Well, I think, uh, I think something down there, um, and Chubo is like looking down at the water, is taking advantage of something that I can't see. And I feel like, I feel like that's a problem for most people, but I don't think it'll be a problem for me. What are you going to do? Something really stupid. Chubo stands up. How stupid? How stupid? Can we talk about this? And I'm assuming Chubo's (laughs) continuing to like do stuff. Chubo. As uh, Rinley's trying to talk him down from this. Stretches and then like flicks his arms down uh, and his jacket like spins off uh, one of it, uh, spins off his arm. Uh, he throws it over his shoulder for a second and then like tosses it to the side. Uh, then he takes off his what shirt. What are you doing? Um, what are you doing? What are you doing? And like they're just kind of like they have like a head, a hand on their head now, like thinking that they were the one who took like the risky, weird magic action of the day, and they have no idea what this guy is going to do. But it seems like he's going to throw himself into the water, and like they're very resistant to that idea. Yeah, and Chubo stands like at the side of the dock, um, or or the pathway. Um, I'm 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 picturing this as like one of those like 
gray wooden pathways that you would have that is just like wood that is weathered and whatnot that is like a little bit floaty o- o- over yeah. this this pool um and he stands in front of it and i'm gonna i think do a a zero cost dreams made flesh here oh you're gonna do a miracle yeah so my thought with this, or, or what I was picturing, is clearly there is something that is either in the water or using the water, whether that is an entity or a space of some kind. And Chubo is, like, standing on the edge of this thing and, like, leans down, like, perfectly 90 degrees and walks right into it without falling into the water to make a splash. Like, smoothly walks directly into it. Yes. Quick caveat. If you want this to be instantaneous, mm-hmm. you will need to spend MP on okay. it. Okay. Um, that is a 4 MP action if you are doing Let's it, like... Let's do it. Oh, shit! Okay. Go big or go home, yeah, huh? Yeah, I haven't Do it. gotten any spends, so yeah. So you walk directly down into the water. Tell me what happens next. So Chubo walks into it. I, I think I, what I would like from you is I want to know how Chubo feels caught up in the midst of whatever this is. There is, I think a sudden sinking feeling in the pit of your chest. Just something feels strange, wrong, like you're being pulled in too many directions at once, like you're being stretched against your will. And I think as soon as you're all the way down inside the water, you realize that you're not human any longer. You're occupying your serpent form here instantly, which is something that has never happened outside of your dreams before, and you are face to face with something. It looks, and you didn't see it the way that Seji saw it before, like a reflection of yourself, your human body that you've dwarfed hundred times over looking you directly in the snout in your inhuman eyes and it's smiling at you with a smile that isn't your own with eyes that are unlike your own and it goes well it's been a while hasn't it stuck on the other side I see I'm not afraid of you. No? You're sure? You saw what I almost did to him. You think that you're above that? You have the power to. I don't... I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you tried to do to Seji. But I know that you're going to stop. Uh-huh. 
How do you stop your own hand? I already did. Once. You stopped it once. There will be other times. But here, folks see themselves as they really are. Yeah. Is that so? Well, then you should know how bad a mistake this was. I was hoping you'd say something like this. Unfortunately, our time with one another is running pretty thin. I am not afraid of you. Uh-huh. You've had to reassure yourself of that twice in the past minute. No. I'm trying to explain to you. I feel like you're really close to getting it. You keep hinting at getting it. I'm... I'm trying to forgive you for doing the things that you've done. And it's really hard. And I don't like that. And I think... As you say that, suddenly the visage in front of you changes, and you see Seji going, Forgive me. For what? What are you going to do? Yeah, you're really, really close. Like, so close to understanding. And I feel like if you understood, then you'd want to be forgiven, and we would be past all of this. And I think as you say that... You are above water again, with, like, Rinley breathing deeply in and out, and Seji, describe how Chuba walked out of the water and had his hand on your sleeve while saying these things. So he walked out of the water and then said all of those things to me? Is that- Yes. Everything? Yes. Uh, I think- I think that when he said them, it was with all the same earnestness that he said them- to whatever he was he thought he was talking to whoever he thought he was talking to and rinley rushed up to him and started treating him i don't have a better word for it but i imagine it was whatever they did to me when i almost fell in and i know i know because chubo was looking directly in my eyes and not responding to anything i was saying as though it was what i was saying it was like a surreal dream where everything I was saying was sensical and he responded as though it was but to a completely different conversation that I was not having and even though I could see his eyes were the same grass green that I have always known them to be nonetheless similarly it was like I was looking at someone else's picture and his eyes were pitch black and and full of stars and I don't know why until whatever Rinley was doing took hold and he came to and and the picture that I saw in the conversation that he was having matched up again and Rinley is like tugging at the back of your shirt going stop it get off him (sighs) okay okay you're you again you're you're normal are you okay that was Chubo that was so rude 
What was? What did you see? I didn't see anything important. But I but I spoke to someone or something. And they want they want to be mean. Like really mean. Henley's just sort of like scanning the air and going, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been worried about. This place is, I'm not going to put it lightly, haunted by something that's not a ghost. Okay. That's good to know. I think there is a set of intake forms that I have to take with me when I do first call and I add a note. To this pickup form that uh, is just, you can see it in my like high school teenage boy handwriting at the top, just scrawled haunted, underlined twice, and then in parentheses underneath it, not ghost. Do we want to end scene there? Yeah, I think so. Hell yeah. That was great. Uh, What a blast this session has been. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I you asked for something slightly higher octane. I there delivered. we go. Fuck you yeah, absolutely you did. did. I love it. I love it. Um. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, here we go. I uh. I didn't spend any willpower or MP that scene. However, I do need to add. Okay, I added. I need to add to Undertaker Undertakings. Um, the plus three that I got. So that's a total of five. So I'm halfway there which is exciting. Um, and I checked it off already. Uh, and now I can put those two, because we are now in chapter two, right? I should put the shared action and shared reaction XP that I earned from chapter one towards, you know, wherever I want to allocate them now. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I am going to then in that case, finish out, hide the evidence. Okay. Take that uh, token, decide whether you want to hold on to it or whether you want to use it to add another phrase to your history. Yeah, before I decide that, I'm also going to allocate the second one to um, Undertaker Undertaking. So I'm now at 6 out of 10 for that quest. Sweet. Cool. Um, now, for Hide the Evidence, does it re- is this a quest I can refresh and do over again? Or is it just yeah, like... Yeah. Okay, cool. Do it as many times as you want. Okay, in that case, I am going to reset that to zero. I think I am going to add a sentence to my... Um, canonical history. And I actually wrote a few down. It seems like I am statements, like statements about my state of being are what is appropriate here. Is that right? Your state of being or things that have happened to you or things that you've done. Yeah. And would these things have to be, would I have to phrase them within my own understanding of the world? It's probably for the best if you do. Okay. Ooh, I'm torn. Um, There is, with a slash indicating they're kind of of a same mind, you know, there's I am someone who wants people to be happy or I want, I am a thoughtful person. Like those two things are kind of related and I could choose pretty easily between the two. But there's also, I am someone who can touch the unknown. And they're two very different directions. This is something that everyone will be able to pick up on you. So yeah. Take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't solve my dilemma. I think both of them would be really fun. So, James, uh, why don't you do your 
like mechanical stuff for for the end a transition into a new chapter and then i'll decide by the time you're done i don't think anyone got any like particular emotion xp that scene it was a bit too tense for that yeah but um chuba still got one more to tour de fortitude for um for 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 reassuring someone when they were anxious why don't we step back from this we have this very like spooky high octane scene and how do you recover from that? Like, I'm sure that both of them need a little bit of R&R after the fact. Like, how do you try to decompress? And with whom? Or just one another? Like, do you talk about this stuff? Or do you both kind of keep your experiences close to your chest for the time being? I think it would be with one another for sure. Okay. But so whether... With each other. Yeah, whether or not we're talking about it or not is, is the question. And I'm going to leave that Where? to you, Chubo. Where are you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, good question. Can I suggest something, actually, for that? Please, Dion. Please, Dion. Can we be in my kitchen? Can it be a rare moment of the Schwann household where uh, you and I are the only ones there? I think my parents are running an errand. I think my brother, Laudemus... Or, sorry, Laudimus is uh, off with his boyfriend on a date. Like, maybe it's dinner time, but it's, like, early at the start of dinner time. And uh, I think I noted, I started a list of Seji's favorite foods. I think I am either making or preparing one of them. Let me see. Yeah, I think it's just one of, you know, those, like, delicious moments when you're a teenager where you're like, oh, my family's gone and it is me and my friend hanging out in a house and we can just kind of pretend that this is completely our time. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know. How do you feel about that, James? I, I think that's great. I think that is a perfect, perfect venue. I, and I think kind of wordlessly, um, Chubo, like, boy, the, the, the image of this is so funny, but like there being a way to, attach a bicycle to a hearse is just because comical like i've got to be driving in the car with you i'm not like getting back yeah. on my bike to go to your house um, yeah 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 um, and it's not like it'll fit in the back seat i think like there is not with the body <laughs> yeah uh that is true i guess you could fit it back in there but not when there is a client a client in the back it's also weird because i'm so used to Doing first call, I is this the first time you've come on first call with me before, Chubo? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm used to a ghost taking shotgun on my way back from first call. Usually this is how, by the time I arrive home, I know just whatever it is that they want me to know. But importantly, like how they would like to be prepared, how they would like to be viewed, how their family might argue about it, whether they go by, whether like the name they want is different than whatever name their family told me to put on their wrist bracelet, right? But now it's you and it feels really weird to have a live person who I know in shotgun with me. And it is on that note that we arrive home. Yeah, well, um, and the, the weirdest thing I really want to emphasize, Gian, is that you have a live person there with you, but they are not talking. Uh, Chubo is an estate that you rarely ever see him in. Um, and it's because this is how he handles it. Chubo is angry. Um, and Chubo is 
rarely ever angry. And when he gets angry, he is angry like this because he does not want to be angry. Oh, fascinating. And like if we were to go into Chubo's mind palace, it is no longer the, the, this one differous part of the machine where ideas and thoughts are taking circuitous routes to get places. It is a thought like moving through a complex puzzle maze um, where Chubo like kind of feels like I just have to think about it enough or move it enough to solve the puzzle and then I won't be angry anymore. Um, if I push the food around on the plate, it'll be like I'm eating it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When is the last time I saw you angry? What was it about? This is a um I'm going to tell you Gion what it was about. I think was a time where Seji could have gotten hurt. Um but I'm going to leave it in your hands whether or not Seji understood that. Mm. Yeah, I think it was pretty patently obvious. I think it was when um, the kid who bullies me at school, Billy Sovereign, I think he like, it wasn't even that noticeable, or sorry, it wasn't that dramatic an incident. I am pretty sure, and I'm going to bookmark this in the recording, or bookend this in the recording as like a thing we can check in about uh, as players later, but like, I'm pretty sure that like, this is not just verbal bullying. Like I'm pretty sure Billy Sovereign has either beat me up or tried to beat me up at least once or twice over the course of our schooling. Um, He's a very physical bully, but in this case, it wasn't that bad. It was literally just, he shoved me into like the bushes as he passed me when we were on our way to class. And I think I even kind of laughed about it. Like, well, at least it was a soft landing. And I think it was the joke that made you mad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Chubo struggles a lot around that bully.
In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Star Wall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Allie Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Star Wall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.